Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one timely page of Talmud every day. My guest today, a rabbi, a doctor, a teacher, a friend, Rabbi Ari Lam. Hello. Liel, so happy to be here. So, Ari, I was reading today's page, Aruvin 54. It has so much in it. There's Bruria schooling some dudes. There's a bunch of great metaphors and stuff about life. But right there at the very, very end, literally the last sentence of page 54, has a little tidbit from Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer Amal, Mecha, Amor Achotiat, Umuda Labina Tikra. Rabbi Eliezer said that we learn the same idea from here. Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and called understanding your kinswoman. And I thought about these words, chokhmah and bina, and realized I've, I've heard them before. Tell me about chokhmah and bina and, and why they're actually two really important words to know right now. Oh my gosh, yes. So the words wisdom and understanding, chokhmah and bina, are critical because they appear at some of the most pivotal moments in the early history of the Bible. So to set the stage a little bit, the first time that we encounter these words together is in the Joseph story. So Joseph, you know, everybody's seen Joseph in his Technicolor dream coat. So, but the basic outline is Joseph gets sold by his brothers into Egypt. He rises through the ranks and he becomes the economics minister of Egypt and ends up guiding them through a period, you know, navigating the country through a period of plenty and then a period of famine. And he basically is that Jewish kid who makes good and saves the free world. Now, what's critical is that Joseph, therefore, if you think about it, is the first politician that we ever meet in the Bible. And as such, you can imagine the, the first question we'd want to ask is, what is a nice Jewish boy like Joseph or what is a holy, saintly figure like Joseph doing in the grimy, disgusting, dirty world of politics? Right, because in light of this week's presidential debate in particular, we really don't tend to think about politics as being anywhere near or in any proximity to uh, holiness. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was just so crazy. I mean, I didn't even watch the debate. All I had to do was like scroll through my Twitter feed and just see the, the despair jumping off the page for me. And just to know that if I tuned in, it would just crush my soul. So, <laughs> But Joseph seems to be offering us a whole new way to look at politics, right? So tell us a little bit about how Joseph teaches us or how the Bible really teaches us how to think about politics. So Joseph basically says when he's describing his own view of politics to the pharaoh of Egypt, he describes it as chokhmah ubina, wisdom and understanding. He says you're going to want to appoint a person who possesses wisdom and understanding in order to run the country. And that's very interesting because that is exactly the way that the Torah describes itself. So if you scroll forward from the Joseph story to the end of Moses' life, so Moses, when he's about to die, tells the gathered Israelites – that the Torah, the Bible itself, this is going to be your wisdom and understanding in the light of the nations, which is to say that what the Torah is telling us 
is that when you actually practice the Torah correctly, if you understand Jewish tradition correctly, that is a form of politics. Or to put it differently, politics is a form of doing tradition and religion and spirituality correctly. Meaning all of this stuff, you know, the way of living a good life, that's not a private concern. We should actually want to think about how to shape a society. And the Bible is probably the greatest manual ever written for how to construct a great society. And so the first thing we should take away from this is that far from being dirty and grimy and disgusting, although it can, like anything, be corrupted, politics is actually, right when it's practiced correctly, holy and sacred work. And that is the position the Bible commits itself to. So that's point number one. Politics actually can be redemptive and holy because it is, in effect, the same thing that the Torah is trying to do, which is shape society for the better. But the second critical point is that think about what politics means for the Bible. The politics of the Bible is wisdom and understanding. And that itself is a massive revolution in the history of the world, because every other political regime that existed at the time that the Torah comes into the world and existed for many centuries thereafter, and you could argue still (laughs) predominates today, is that the goal of politics is to dominate, right? So every famous political order in world history, the Egyptians, the Greeks, the Romans, what have you, all they wanted to do was conquer. And the way that you could measure whether a a king or a queen was successful was by how much territory they amassed and how many people they subjected to their will. What the Bible comes and does is says that actually is fundamentally the wrong way to shape a society. If you want to shape a society, you don't dominate it. You don't conquer it. You convince. You converse. And so politics for the Bible is wisdom and understanding. The goal of the Bible is to say what you want to do is create a model for other people to look at and admire. So that's why in the Bible, the Jewish people are supposed to to conquer their own homeland or they're supposed to take possession of their own territory. But beyond those borders, they can't expand. They're not supposed to expand. And in fact, if they push too far, that would be murder. Because what the Bible wants the Jewish people to do is to create a model society in one place that they can use to influence for the better all the other nations of the world. In other words, they're supposed to spread their ideas not through conquest, but through wisdom and understanding. And if you think about politics that way, especially in light of the crazy dumpster fire that we're dealing with now, is what we should want from our politics is not punishing other people. It's not owning the libs. It's not owning the cons. It's not dunking on other people. What we should want is for people to sit down and look at people who are different from them, who hold different opinions from them, maybe who who feel fundamentally different about how life and society should be conducted, and actually sit down and do the work of conversing, of building a community and a society in conjunction with such people. And the reason I say that, I know it sounds cliche, but I think we've sort of convinced ourselves in this crazy society that we're increasingly inhabiting is that community should be built only with people you already like. And while that's very nice, and while I'm sure it's great to be around people who already agree with you, that's not community. That's just hanging out with yourself. That's the most navel-gazing conception of community you could possibly imagine. Now, of course, it's true that you can't, you know, (laughs) 
Jews and Nazis can't live together, right? The, you know, tormentors and the tormented can't live together. That's for sure. But between those two things, there's an entire world of ambivalence and gray area. What we should want is for people to understand that the great and wonderful good that community is can only come about if you do the work of sitting down with people who some percentage of whom you're going to be very annoyed by, maybe even really annoyed by, maybe even dislike very intensely. But you have to create community with those people nonetheless, because without them, you're not living in a community, you're sitting in a room by yourself. And in order to build that kind of community, we need wisdom and understanding. Amen to that, Rabbi Lamb. May we all find, especially in the 30-some days that we have to go in this election season, may we all find all the wisdom and understanding that we so direly need. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Amen, brother. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes, Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon.